Welcome back. Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. And, you know, I I want to start off by, you know, we've got our Critics' Choice Awards coming up on Sunday on the CW. I believe it starts at six o'clock central time. Right. Chuck and I will be watching from our respective homes. And what, a, no, you will not be. Where will you be watching? I'll, I'll be watching. Okay. All right. You'll be watching. All right. To be announced. Okay. <laughs> um, and so let's uh, well, let's see if maybe one or two of our votes actually get an award. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. They usually, you know, we've said before, these people don't have any taste. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Maybe this year will be a little different. It was an unusual year in, in movies. And here's hoping 2024 gives us a few more great options. But... I'm going to guess that maybe you did not like Mean Girls, which is going to be the heart of our podcast today, as much as you liked the original. And then I'm going to chime in and I'm going to let you take this one and I'll tell you why later. Oh, I get. OK. All right. Well, yeah, you know, some things are better left alone. And I, I think that Mean Girls is one of them. I mean, I know that they uh, turned this into a Broadway musical. And of course, it was a hit. It's toured. Um, you know, when you've got a brand name like that, it basically pre-sells itself, um, which, of course, helps it. But I don't think that the music adds anything to the story whatsoever. And in fact, I thought that it distracted from the story more than anything. You know, it's funny. You you get from when you watch a movie again and again and again. And I've seen this one again and again and again because I show it in the class I teach. You become familiar to the the rhythm and the beats of the movie. And once that's disrupted, it, it, it's jarring. I remember watching um, Apocalypse Now, I don't know how many times I've seen it. I remember watching the cut, with the, the one of the cuts Coppola released, which had added footage to it. And I was excited about it, but then as I'm watching it, I, I ended up growing bored because it upset the rhythm that I was used to and I was anxious to get back to what I was familiar with. And I had a similar experience with Mean Girls. Again, I don't think I would mind if any of the songs were any good. I I, I thought that the songs were amateurish. I, I thought that the 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 musical sequences themselves had no imagination to them at all. Uh, some of the girls have really good voices. Renee Rapp, who plays Regina George, apparently she did this a role on Broadway. Oh wow! Okay. So she's very familiar with the material as well. Great voice, obviously a formidable presence. I had to look up how tall she was because I was like, oh, my God. How tall is she? She's five, seven and a half. But oh, of course, she looks I'm, taller than that. Well, they have her in heels and boots and things throughout the right. film. So, yeah. But I mean, she just dominates the screen as her, as she should as that character every time she's on. Uh, and then the other one who had a great voice was uh, her name is Alile Cravado. And she's Janet. Oh, my God. She was amazing, wasn't she? We needed more Janice as far as the singing was concerned. Uh, she's got a final number there uh, that was probably, in my mind, the best song uh, in the movie. And it was called, called I'd Rather Be Me. Mm -hmm. she, she was great. But, you know, the, the directors of this film, they're both first time directors. And I think it shows. It shows horribly. We're talking Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez Jr. All they've done before are short films or TV episodes. This thing meanders. There's nothing imaginative about it. And the thing, the big problem I have with this is that everyone is trying too hard. All the kids are trying too hard. And they know that, and, and I think it's set up for them to fail. 
they know that they are uttering famous lines of dialogue that we all know, and there's no way for them to make it new. Huh. So instead, they say it a little louder or with a lot of enthusiasm or hit one word, you know, with enthusiasm, and it's not going to make it new. And that falls to the directors. The directors should be able to say, okay, we're going to take a little bit of a fresh perspective on this to give it a little more life. And they don't provide that at all. Uh, I, I just really thought that it was a drag. It was just a drag to me. Uh, I mean, listen to this. Here's here's a lyric from one of the songs, and, and it drove me nuts. That, that Are you going to sing it? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, uh, it's a revenge party with your friends. It's a party with revenge is what it's like. That's a pithy lyric. I mean, I don't, I don't expect everyone to be Cole Porter or Irving Berlin, but my God. I mean, if that is the level of professional songwriting today, heaven help us. Heaven help us. So wow. I know you hadn't really seen the original. Maybe I was prejudiced going in, but they have to be conscious of that. I mean, the, everyone who saw the first one is probably going to want to see this one. And so they've got to be conscious of that. I, I'm I'm guessing that you're probably right with that. I know um, my friend Kristen and I went to go see it together. She's a huge fan of the original. And I had never seen it before in its entirety. I've seen bits and pieces. I believe my daughter watched it. So I think I've seen bits and pieces that way. She would be of the right age group to have seen it. Exactly. Um, but since I didn't know all the lines and I knew the premise of the movie, I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. And I had a lot of fun with some of the songs. And I will agree with you, the, the young woman that plays Janice, um, who I guess that name Janice was was derived from one of the first Saturday Night Live guests from back in the day, Janice Ian. Mm -hmm. um, man, is her voice good. And I commented, I whispered over to Kristen after she and Damien have their their opening little dialogue and then she breaks into song. I'm like that. Her speaking voice doesn't match that unbelievable, all. sultry, powerful singing voice i was i was blown away by her voice she's really good but i thought that the uh, the song and the dance and the choreography i thought it was a, extremely imaginative so we saw it differently i'm guessing because this was all new to me you know there were no yeah. breaks that were put on to me it was like it wasn't so much of the music and song and dance that it overpowered it like i think that's what happened in the color purple um this one i feel like it added a little bit of snap and jazz to it when it needed it so go back that, and watch the original i will i will i was supposed to have done that before i went to go see this one and i failed on my homework assignment i get an f for that however there will be people that see this movie for the first time with not having seen it. So I'm your perspective on that. Right. Okay. Right. Um, I, I thought it was interesting too, that originally this movie was supposed to be released on streaming on Paramount plus it was not supposed to be in theaters because of the great test scores that it got it got during its testing period. They decided to go ahead and do a theatrical release which is why they held off until now. In fact, um, the original Mean Girls, I don't know if you know this, Chuck, but the original Mean Girls grossed $130.1 million. And the previews, just for right now, have already, for this newer version of it, 
taken in $3.25 million. And the predictions are that it will take in anywhere between 28 and $37 million for its opening weekend. And it is at 72% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Did you get your pizza? Got the pizza. Sorry, we got disconnected there. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, Chuck got disconnected because Chuck needed to order a pizza from, tell us about this amazing place. It's called Filippo's. It's in Muhammad, Illinois. It is a old uh, ma and pop uh, family run operation. They have one pizza of it. So if you don't get your order in at four o'clock, when they open, you're not eating until like 730. All right. You got your pizza order in? It's going to be ready in an hour. Awesome. I'll be there. So I got a pretty <laughs> M&Ms and peanuts here. All right. All right. So uh, let's when talk we about to... a movie that has nothing to do with Mean Girls. Okay, let's do that. Nothing what... in common at all. What is it? One of your favorites. I know. Society of the Snow. Um, this is one that, you know, it's been in my preview content row for a while. And I, I don't know. I didn't want to watch a subtitled movie about some plane crashing and trying to survive. And it just really did not appeal to me. And it's kind of funny how many people I have talked to that said the exact same thing. And I am here to tell you, you need to watch this and you need to just forget any preconceived notions that you have about what you think about this movie and what happened, because this is not just a movie about a plane crash and trying to survive the elements and the difficulties. This is a movie about young men growing up quickly and surviving but with human compassion and understanding themselves and those around them and what's important in life. This is truly a movie about humanity and what it means to be alive. This, oh my gosh, Chuck, I was- Yeah, um, you're not gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I know, I know. We joke about the fact that I can't make it through movie reviews on things where I feel emotional about them and that I'm gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry in this one, although, I did have tears streaming down my face at the end, not because I was sad, but because I was, it was just such an emotional roller coaster ride yeah. watching this, yeah. but in a good way, not in a bad way. It's about this group of men who are on a rugby team and they were going to Chile and they crashed in the, in the Andy mountains, um, actually due to uh, pilot error, I later learned. Yep. Um, and they they had 45 people aboard most of those people aboard were a part of this um team and these young men and a couple of women attempt to survive not only the the elements but the fact that they are trying to be rescued and and the rescue team that gives up on them and the avalanche and the cold temperatures the lack of food the moral and ethical conundrums that they find themselves having to face and make decisions that are truly life and death and relying on one another never working against one another there were no difficulties of no. of personality issues. Like I'm the leader, you're not, you shut up. I'm not going to do this. There was none of that. And interestingly, the, the director and the writer who based this off of the book by the same name, um, Society of the Snow, the director and writer's name is J.A. Bayona. And he did hundreds of hours of, of interviews with the survivors to make sure that he truly captured what happened. Um, there's a movie back in, was it 1993, I think, called Alive? 
And that, that was in 1973. 1973. But, but there was a version in 91 with Ethan Hawke. And and I did not see that version. Um, and and I'm going to guess based on things that I have read about this because this story intrigued me so much that I did a lot of research about it. Um, they actually filmed some of the scenes at the actual crash site, which I thought was interesting. The rest of it, they they filmed at the Sierra Nevadas at a ski resort so that they could, you know, house the, the filming people, the right. cinematographers. And speaking of the cinematographers, that and the editing, this never got dull. This never got. And it's um, two hours and 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Is it really? See, I didn't yes. even know that. I did yeah. not even know that. And this is subtitled. So. Yeah. You can dub it, which is kind of a cool thing. If you don't like reading subtitles, you can dub it thanks to Netflix's myriad number of, of options of being able to see this. And um, cinematically, I felt I felt like I was in the plane with them. I felt like I, I had that avalanche crash over my head. I felt the cold. I felt everything. It was. Yeah. And the plane crash too. Yeah. You know. You don't want to be gratuitous with this. And I, there's a similar experience in Ferrari. You, you don't want to be gratuitous with incidents like this, but you also have got to show just how violent, how horrific, and how serious the situation is. You, you, I, I think you do them a disservice when you put a veneer on this. Yeah. And the crash was horrific. I don't know I'm, how they did it. I really don't. I well, don't I understand. Well, I think that's where you're talking about the editing, where that comes in, because we get really brief glimpses and then we cut away. Yeah, uh, I think that was the trick with that. Um, but God, yeah, that was just that was just awful. And in some regards, I think the avalanche part was even worse. Oh, I mean, yeah, they're sitting in the fuselage and all of a sudden it's filled with snow. I mean, I, yeah. Well, you know, it, and they started clapping. And in my head, I'm thinking, don't do that. That's like, you know, avalanche central in the timing. Yeah, they're they're getting into their spring in October right. November and I remember texting you never clap <laughs> loudly yeah. in a mountain you know um it just you know and the thing is you know you, you you talked about being moved by this and I was moved by it as well if if you're not moved by this you you're dead inside um just the the tenacity of these people the fact that they didn't give up my god i mean i, I don't think i would have been able to do it I, no I, well, I, I would have been dead in about 20 minutes because I would have frozen to death and that would be the end of that. Um, you know, I, in, interestingly, too, I I've, I found the storytelling technique that they used was, was I think it just really added a lot of depth and reality to it because um, Numa is narrating it and Numa is played by Enzo Vogrinchik. And I felt like I was privy to his innermost thoughts, his fears, his his beliefs, because it was narrated that way. And I got to know the other characters from his perspective, which I thought was a unique storytelling technique. Well, and we had talked about this previously, and you had mentioned also the documentary-like approach that they take. I, I really felt like I was there. Yeah, I, oh, absolutely. I there, And I was cold, too. Yeah. I just was sitting in a warm house, the heater's on, and I was freezing <laughs> to death. Yeah. I mean, it really takes you there. And it's interesting. You said you did some reading about this. I did as well. What are your feelings about the fact that they now have people who actually traveled to the site and visited it? I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know either. Um, I don't know. It's it's there's a a curious morbidity to that. Completely. Um, 
I, I don't know that's, that that's respectful. Perhaps it is. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I've been turning that over in my head since I read that. And I'm not sure how I feel either, but uh, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. This is a hard sell of a movie, it, but boy, is it good. It's, it's amazing. And there's a, another character person, um, Tin Tin, and I cannot remember the name of the actor that played, oh, excuse me, Augustin Delacorte. Um, he plays Tin Tin and Tin Tin has, you know, film camera with him. And he continues to take pictures throughout the course of this, and I'm going to put air quotes around adventure. Um, and then you see the real pictures at the end. And without giving too much away, this might give out too much. So earmuffs, if you don't want to hear this, um, there's a picture of all the guys hanging out outside this broken up fuselage and, and suitcases all around and some remains nearby, but they're kind of casually sitting back, smoking a cigarette and smiles on their faces that dichotomy, that contrast between the horrors that have occurred and what decisions they've had to make and then seeing their faces is just, I will never forget that image. Okay, I'm crying. Right, right. <laughs> I and didn't it, make it. It. it shows how it became almost commonplace. Right, right. This is what we have to do to survive. This is what we do. It yep. is what Do it you is. want to survive? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible Great. movie now streaming on Netflix. Okay. Do not let the subtitles scare you away. Watch this movie. This, and then, you know, shoot us an email. Let us know how much you enjoyed it. And then you can thank us then. <laughs> hey, there's something oh. else streaming on Netflix. What? That isn't even in the ballpark as far as being any goddamn good. Aw. All good grief. Don't awe me. Don't <laughs> awe me. You know how I feel about movies that waste my goddamn time. And this is one of them. And people love this movie. It's at 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which I makes saw that. Fun. Yeah. 77. I think people are afraid to really say what they think. But, but that's just me. Good grief is from Dan Levy. Uh, you know him from Schitt's Creek. Eugene Levy's, should say Dan Levy. Eugene Levy's son. Uh, and he pulls an Orson Welles here. He writes, directs, produces, and stars in this mawkish melodrama about a guy, and Dan plays this guy named Mark. Um, Mark is married to just the greatest guy in the world, Oliver, played by Luke Evans. Uh, Oliver has written a series of Harry Potter-like books, and uh, Mark provides the illustrations. They're living the high life. I mean, they, they, there's no problems at all until on Christmas Eve, Oliver's in a car wreck and dies. This, of course, sends Mark into a tailspin, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's got a couple of buddies, uh, Sophie, played by Ruth Nega, and Thomas, played by Himish Patel, who come to his aid and help him out, and everything's great. Or, well, it's not great, but he's got the support. A year goes by, and wouldn't you know it, Mark finds out that Oliver, well, he has another life. He actually has an apartment in Paris, that he shared with a boyfriend that Mark didn't know anything about. So Mark and his two buddies decide out of spite to go visit this apartment and spend as much of his uh, ex-husband's money as they possibly can. And while they're in Paris, guess who shows up at the apartment? The husband's boyfriend. Chaos ensues. Okay. This is a whiny movie. God, is it a whiny, whiny movie. This is a movie that is indicative of this whole victimhood era that we live in. You ever been in a conversation where you're, you're with someone that you care about and you, you want to listen and they go on about their troubles 
and they go on about their troubles and they go on about their troubles and you are nodding like you're nodding right now and you're looking them in the eyes, but you're thinking, my God, when is this going to fucking end? <laughs> <laughs> that was my feeling about good grief. Whining, whining, whining. Get over it, man. Not get over your grief for the death of your husband. Fine, I get that. But the two friends, uh, oh my God, um, Sophie and Thomas, just get on with your lives. Everyone's got problems and what do I do? And I'm stuck. It just became way, way, way too much. You lasted, what'd you say, 20 minutes? No, I lasted 28 minutes, 28 28 minutes. Okay, I'll give you credit for that extra eight minutes there, Powell. God. Yeah, I, I I lost interest and you're right. It's it's the the repetitiveness and I didn't you know, talk about, you know, wasting time. I yeah. I need to be hooked. I need to be hooked within 20 minutes and if not, I'll give it 30. But after that it's like, you know what? If if it's not in my head and I don't need to see the end of it, I'm not going to. Yeah, and I mean and in the era of streaming. Yeah. You better hook me. Because yeah. there are plenty of options just to my fingertip and I'm going to move right on to something else. And if I didn't have to have something to review for the newspaper Thursday, I'd have given up on this. Okay. So, right. As I've often said, we suffer so you don't have to. Good grief. God, no. Well, here's another one that's on actually Amazon that's streaming starting today. It's called Role Play. And it starts it stars Kaylee Cuoco and David Oyelowo. <laughs> I'm impressed. I just did both those last names. But did um, you do them correctly? I did. Sure you did. Okay, great. <laughs> and also Bill Nye, which I was kind of surprised that he was thrown into this mix. This is just another iteration of the same old, same old. We've got Emma played by Kaylee, and she's married to this great guy, David Oelio. Oelio. Oh, now I'm messing uh-huh. it up. Uh-huh. David O., and um, he plays David. And uh, we find out that Emma has a secret because she's actually like one of the best assassins ever. And she's also a it's mom. It's original story. <laughs> it's not original in <laughs> any way. This has been done a million times. I'm like, um, what's that other movie? Oh, that's right. The Family Plan. That's actually a lot of fun. So, <laughs> right, right. So, skip this one see this one it doesn't really matter it's a throwaway movie there are some funny parts it gets a little disturbingly violent toward the end which it's like why did you just change that tone we were kind of funny and you know it's a family thing but then it gets a little too violent and then i'm like okay this is this is taking the wrong tone it's shifting too poorly when i had texted you when i was watching it i was like well i'm kind of having fun with it and then I'm thinking, oh, no, now I'm not having fun with this. And I could turn it off and I would be fine. I don't need to know how it ends. So see it or not, it doesn't really matter. You're going to forget it in a day anyway. Well, I have to say that's disappointing. I mean, I saw Kaylee Cuoco. I saw the title role play. I had high hopes. I guess I was thinking of something else. Uh, no, you you weren't. You weren't. It was it was it was part of that scenario, which made it funny. You know, they're trying to spice up their life a little bit. And then they add this other element that she's an assassin and Bill Nighy's character is interesting. And then it's after that point that it's like, okay, this is, this is going not where I need it to go and don't involve the children in this and that way. And it just got to be too much. So watch family plan on, on, I believe that one's on Apple TV. 
Um, that one's a little bit more fun. There is a little violence in that as well. There has to be because there's, you know, assassins. But this one is like point blank bullet to the head kind of stuff. And you lose no. me then. You lose me then. It's not funny anymore. It's gross and disgusting. And we didn't need to go there. No. So there's right. four movies for you. Oh, one quick thing before we end this. Um, did you see that Napoleon is at 58% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. 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 I thought that was quite I at one point, it was at 59%. I posted my review and kicked it to 60%. And now it's back down below the Mendoza mark at 58. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm going more on the splat side as opposed to the fresh side. Um, Far from perfect, but I tell you, I wasn't ever bored. Oh, see, I was. I was. I figured as much. And and I, I I think my husband would like this movie. I, I'm going to I'm going to be very gender stereotypical here. It's a guy's movie. It is. So, I'm with you. It yep. is. No question. Um, all right. Well, I think that does it for this week. Uh, make sure you check out our Facebook page because we'll be doing a few posts about the Critics' Choice Awards this Sunday on the CW at 6 p.m. Central Time. And also go to our website, Real Talk with Chuck and Pam, R-E-E-L. We both posted our list of the 10 best movies of 2023. Uh, mine are stellar. Pam has some really questionable inclusions <laughs> on her list, as always. Uh, but you can read them over and make up your own own mind. And and I have to say, with my list, I did not see Society of the Snow prior to doing my list. And had I have seen it, that would have gone in my top ten, and somebody would have been knocked out. I agree. I agree. All right. Cheers, everybody. Happy New Year. Um, keep checking us out. We will be back next week. 